Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's Scripture Reflections. Hello, and welcome to Jesuitical, a podcast by the young, hip, and lay editors of America Media. That lay part means we aren't Jesuits, but we work with them. Join us each week for a smart Catholic take on faith, culture, and the news, often over drinks. And a very special welcome to this special bonus episode of Jesuitical. Today, we're talking about parishes. You know, that place where we go to Mass on Sundays, where we get baptized, married, and buried, where we go to CCD, Bible study, and bingo night. America recently released a brand new groundbreaking documentary, People of God, How Catholic Parish Life is Changing in the United States, which you can watch now, I should say, at americamagazine.org slash peopleofgod. But the film brought up a lot of questions and issues that people love to talk about, or rather argue about, I suppose. And so that's what we're going to do today. So I'm joined by my usual co-host, Ashley McKinless, my colleague, Father Jim McDermott, and the director and narrator of the film, Sebastian Gomes, who I should also say produces this podcast. Uh, welcome to this side of the mic, Sebastian. Thanks, Zach. Great to be with you guys. Yeah, and, th- and thanks for coming, uh, Father Jim. I'm going to call you Jim the rest of the show, though. That's that's great. Great. I'm going to call you Father Jim. And, <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much. It's going to be great. Ashley, welcome back. Thank you. You killed the intro. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I know it's, it's normally your, your thing, so I appreciate you handing it to me for the bonus episode. So today we're going to talk about the first segment of the film, which really explores the question of growing parishes in the southwestern part of the country, but also the challenges that come with some demographic changes. So I'm wondering if you could tell me where you went for the, this part of the documentary and what you saw there. Yeah, it was really important that we start by going to the Southwest because at the beginning of this project, we were looking at all the data about who Catholics are in this country. And that's where the growth is happening, not only in the Catholic Church, but because a lot of people, whether they're Catholic or not, are just moving to the South and particularly to the Southwest. So we went to one of the cities that's growing the most, which is Phoenix. And we went to a parish in the suburbs of Phoenix uh, in a place called Chandler, Chandler, Arizona. Um, And there we found a parish that's actually a two-church parish. About five years ago, they just had to build a second church because the growth of the Catholic community there was such that the one church wasn't enough to to keep it. Which is different. Like I would say you have multiple church parishes in the Midwest and the Northeast, but typically the reality there is there's just a couple people in each of those individual churches, so they combine into one parish community. That, yeah, it's called clustering, and that's actually really interesting, right? So like in like somewhere where the church is a little bit more on the decline, like in the Midwest, where we see that more commonly, you have a two or three church parish cluster but they're moving toward incorporating more and more churches that have to shut down or more and more parishes that have to shut down. The opposite is happening in parts of the South, particularly in the Southwest, where like in this church, this parish in Chandler, like I said, you have two churches that are just like both full at multiple masses every every Sunday. And, and you mentioned a lot of that is driven by just like Im- immigration and demographic, both shift, internal right? and external, right? We we often think, and and it's a, and it's more Hispanic, right? And we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about like this dynamic between kind of 
older established Anglo Catholic communities and these younger Hispanic Latino communities that are coming. But they're they're not just coming from south of the border. A lot of them are, but a lot of them are just coming from different parts of the United States as well. I guess like the weather's better in Phoenix. I can certainly <laughs> it's better for golf. There's a reason why we went and did that story in December last year. <laughs> and, and Ashley and I spent a lot of our time in the Midwest and the Northeast. But Jim, you spent a significant part of your own ministry out, out on the West Coast too, right? Yeah, I was in Los Angeles. Actually, I was doing correspondence stuff for America and some other writing from there. And did what you see in the film sort of reflect the general narrative and trend that you kind of experienced and saw out there? Yeah, absolutely. Both uh, both what I saw in Los Angeles and then, you know, one of the things I did a couple times was talk to, talk to and visit dioceses all over California. And Pretty consistently, you saw exactly the same narrative. It, it was sort of on a diocesan level that there are these two churches that are coexisting, the the church from, say, 50 years ago, which is mostly Anglo, and then this exploding sort of uh, largely Latino uh, church that was sort of on the rise. Now, I'm going to set the stage with a couple facts here. 40% of all Catholics in the United States are Hispanic, and that's half first generation immigrants, and uh, probably the other half is either second or third generation. Um, and from 1990 to 2016, the Hispanic Catholic population in the United States grew by 382%. I don't know. This is fascinating because this is like our lifetime, Ashley. Like right in then, it's just absolutely exploded. It's booming, yeah. The flip side of that is, we should say, percentage of Hispanic priests is only 8%. Percentage of active bishops that are Hispanic or Latino is 10%. And I found this in some of my reporting a couple of years back, but percentage of dioceses with a director of Hispanic youth ministry, that's only about 25%. Those numbers are like really staggering if you think about it. Like just think about general representation. If 40% of the population of your faith community is from a particular cultural background, I mean, and there are many different Latino cultures that we're factoring in here. But the fact that like, take, take that, that one number of, of active bishops, 10%. So represented in the hierarchy, in the halls of decision-making power, you know, like only 10%, 40% of the population, 10% represented in the places where people are making the decisions. Like that's a huge, huge gap. And that's like, that's one of the things that was raised by a lot of people on the ground in Phoenix. And we tried to bring that out a little bit in the documentary to give voice to that. Like that that needs to change. So when we're talking about like parish integration or the challenges to parish integration, it's it's not only at that level that it has to happen. Like this is like a, from the bottom all the way to the top, something that needs to be dealt with across the U.S. church. Mm, that's interesting because I think part of that representation probably is the diocesan structure as it exists today. You have large concentrations of Latinos in certain places, but then you have these kind of emptying dioceses across the country that aren't going to have that representation. Totally. totally. And it's, even though here or throughout the country, I would say, like, occasionally I'll get to like go and give talks and I'll go to every single mass at, at a parish just to like see what's going on. And typically what happens is there's one Spanish mass and it's standing room only. And then there are three other English masses where it's like you get a pew to yourself which is certainly, a, I don't know, a dynamic that I've seen and always just kind of wondered at. And there's like maybe a couple of white folks who are at the Spanish mass. Because it was at five o'clock and they slept right. in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of Latinos that are at like, you know, sprinkled in, you know, at the other three masses. But the point is these are separate communities in one local parish community. Well, that's something I've been struggling with is this idea of like you could look at that and say, oh, this is like a segregated parish. 
Or you could say that, you know, this is an enculturated church where you have a, like great pluralism and like, I don't know, I live in Brooklyn. And so you go to different churches and it's like, oh, yeah, this is definitely the Italian church. Yeah. This is the Polish church. And so there's not, I don't know, that I just see that tension because you want to cater to specific cultural communities and backgrounds. And so the idea of being one body of Christ and integrating versus, you know, celebrating our diversity is yeah that, no and and that's like that's exactly the question right like so now that we know that this is the reality on the ground like what do we do with this like is it a bad thing could it be a good thing like how do we but because of the way the country is going like with you know greater polarization people pulling us apart we know how the politics around immigration for example has been polarized especially in the last number of years here so all of that is factoring in as well and like in the film we have our protagonist who who runs you know the hispanic ministries office and evangelization office at this parish in chandler say like when there are Hispanic Latino people coming into the area, there are some folks who are like, what are they doing here? Why are they coming here? They don't have any money. They don't have jobs. Why are they like, you know? And so like there's there's clear tension there because of the unfamiliarity. So it's one thing to say like, yes, we're very diverse as our own kind of separate, you know, cultural communities and we should celebrate that. But at the same time, if there's some suspicion or like unfamiliarity between communities, that's not a good thing, obviously, right? It's also just about change, I think. The fact that these parishes were one thing at one time and now they're radically changing and the people who were there earlier probably feel, I think they do, at least I would hear this in Los Angeles, they feel some sort of like this is their parish that other people are coming into. And so that sense of like having to not just welcome but reimagine what this parish is and what it's for and who it's for it's just a it's just a hard process yeah and we in one stat that's often you know brought out is that around 40% of all catholics in the united states are hispanic but the majority of young catholics are hispanic right so it is not a it is it's often a perceived minority right in the church but the fact of the matter is that the future of the church is is without a doubt latino yeah, that's like one of the biggest takeaways for me in, in going and speaking to some of the diocesan officials in Phoenix about these different shifts and trends was this one point that the the, the chancellor made, which is like exactly what you just said, Zach. Like it, if you look at, uh, well, interestingly, younger Hispanics are becoming less Catholic. So young Hispanics are also leaving the church in the same way that, you know, white, younger white folks, Catholics are leaving the church. But if you look on the whole still at the number of younger Catholics, they are Hispanic. That first point was actually one of the most surprising things I found in that in that first film about the about the Phoenix Parish. Because again, in California, the thing you would hear constantly is the East Coast church is sort of dying or diminishing. The West Coast and the Southwest is growing and, and it's more alive. And I was fascinated to hear well, who was it? The speaker that uh, that talked about actually, we have the same issues that the East Coast. Oh, Church it was does. The, it was the vicar, the of vicar, priests yeah, at the time for, for the diocese, the vicar for priests. Which does raise the question a little bit: Is the like Latino Church just maybe like ten, fifteen years behind the Anglo Church in terms of its like its hemorrhaging people, priest shortage, all the all these other things? Like it's it sort of puts a pin in that narrative, Jim, that you were talking about that like, oh, this is just like the growth is happening, but just somewhere else. Yeah, I think I've definitely grown up with the narrative that like, oh, like immigration will save the church in the U.S. Like they're they're coming, they're religious. And it like kind of let 
the the Northeast Church rest on its laurels and be like, all right, it, <laughs> they'll keep us alive in some way. But that's clearly not the case. But you have to wonder if you said there are less than 25 percent of dioceses have Hispanic youth ministry. It seems like that's some pretty low hanging fruit for addressing that issue. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I just I wonder if either Jim or Sebastian, like in, in your reporting, Sebastian, or Jim in your own experiences in ministry, if you've seen examples of this done well, like a, a like a, a parish that is integrating the youth pretty well or, or the larger community pretty well. Or, and if not, like what are some of the challenges to that? The biggest challenge is language, right? And just familiarity with culture. So it's just like, think about like when you're, when you're traveling, you go to some country and you don't know the language. It's like, it's just a little bit awkward. You're trying to find your way. It's like, you're you're like a fish out of water. So it has to start with, I think, like the people who have already been integrated into multiple cultures. They're the ones who have to kind of lead us, uh, you know, accompany the rest of the community into that. But there are like a ton of things now, but you know, you mentioned like the generational things. There's now Hispanic, Latino folks that have been here for like a little while, right? So it's like the, the culturally, we are integrated in different ways, like more broadly. Uh, how do we bring those into the church? How do we bring those experiences into the church? I personally have not found like a, like a super successful like experience. I haven't experienced it myself, example of this, but. I don't know if you have, Jim. Yeah, actually, the thing that uh, it makes me think of, and it's just sort of anecdotal, but in Los Angeles, you know, the, the archbishop there, Archbishop Gomez, is Mexican-American. And it seemed to me like when they do events on, the, on an archdiocesan level, there's always a focus on the Latino community like, and, and actually on the staff of the, uh, of the archdiocese, communication staff, other staff. There are lots and lots of Latinos working there. And I feel like – I don't know for sure if that trickles down, but it – to the parishes, to all of the parishes, but it certainly seems to be just a natural part of the character of that archdiocese. And I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say that that wasn't true to some extent before Archbishop Gomez got there, but it's certainly the case now. Yeah. I, the, the two like challenges, it seems is again, you have to offer like culturally specific ministries, right? You can't just like <laughs> say, here's here's our product, which tends to default towards like Anglo product for for everybody and hope that the Latino community sort of globs onto that. So you but you need so you need to offer culturally specific ministries, but also like then work to integrate the two communities, right? And the, and those oftentimes are seen as like competing or th- they need to be on different timelines or or something. And so uh, I don't I don't envy who's ever, whoever, whose ever job is to totally, totally figure this out. But it, it's, it's hugely important because it's part of the witness of the church to the world, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a little example of how the church can be a model, right? So in a culture, in a time when people are being pulled apart, when there's lots of polarization, what's the church's role to counter that? And how do you counter that? By actually living the thing, you know, being the change you want to see. And and we have an opportunity in parishes across the country, we have the opportunity to be that model if we all, first of all, recognize this. And you can start by watching the film, right? And you can kind of see and start a conversation at your own parish about where is this happening? Where is it not happening? What can we do about it? And then just trying to live into it. And then once we do live into it, the the, the country as a whole will have that model. I mean, one thing for me, I think both in the film and just in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles that I noticed is it seemed like the Latino community it, it just has a ton of energy and enthusiasm oftentimes. And in a way, this is a good thing and a bad. It's a, it's a good thing because if, if the church can sort of uh, allow that to just sort of 
to run, then there's lots of things that can happen. And I think in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, you see that. But the downside is for the for those who are who are not Latino and are trying to adjust, they can often, I think, sort of pull the reins on that energy and enthusiasm. And there are reasons that they're doing it. Like they they feel left behind. They don't know where they fit. Their form of like faith expression is completely different. But the end all be all or the end result seems to be that it 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 discourages the Latino community. So that this source of life and energy and enthusiasm and hope starts to think like, why, what am I doing here? You know, what's the point of me coming to this parish if these other people won't allow us to live our faith the way we know that it can be lived? Yeah, there's also just this question of what does integration mean and does it mean the same thing to both communities? Like, I, I don't know. Is Do they want combined masses? Do they want shared meals after the mass? Do they want everyone to go to the same parade? Like, I, I don't have a clear idea of what this looks like on the other side. That's a, that's a really good point. I feel like the lowest hanging fruit here has been like, let's do a, an English slash Spanish mass. Mm-hmm. And then you're sitting there and I'm like, please God, let the second reading, which is going to be read in Spanish, be written out in English in the mass program so that I can follow along, you know? But so I know that there's efforts to do stuff like that, but that's a really good question, right? Like that could mean different things to different people. My, like my gut tells me there's enough in our tradition that everybody should be tuned into. Like, like our, like our concern for welcoming the stranger, like, like works of social justice, works of charity, works of mercy, all these things that we like value and define us, like where is their opportunity to work together on some of those things? These are important questions to ask. And again, they were raised, at least in this circle, by America's new documentary, which is called People of God, How Catholic Parish Life is Changing in the United States. We're going to be doing more of these conversations on on different topics. So stick around in this feed. But if you like this conversation, please go check that out. You can find it at americamagazine.org slash peopleofgod. Subscribe to America, watch the film, and then let us know what you think. You can write us at jesuitical at americamedia.org. Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into scripture? If so, you're in luck, because every day there's a new scripture reflection from the thoughtful staff at America Media, thinking through big questions together, like, what do Catholics believe about guardian angels? And what can Gen Zers take away from the Gospels? If you're already a subscriber, you can access these reflections in your email inbox or on our website. If you'd like to become a digital subscriber, it's easy to do. Just visit americamagazine.org slash subscribe, and you'll have full access to America's scripture reflections.